0: Orders of Ramsey Solutions broadcasting from the Pods Moving and Storage Studio. This is the Ramsey Show, where we help you win in your life, specifically your money, your work, and your relationships. Triple eight eight two five five two two five is the phone number to jump in. Triple eight eight two five five two two five. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell is my colleague and co-host, and he is with me this hour as we take your calls. Brendan is up first in New York City, New York. Brendan, how can we help? Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Doing well. How are you, sir? I'm good. So, I'm recently married, and my in laws, who are
1: two of the best people I've ever met in my entire life, maybe besides my wife, have a financial advisor they really like and they've been very successful with. Now, we had a conversation with that financial advisor, and it was very basic, but of course, being newlyweds, we have a timeline to buy a house. He recommended maxing out our 401ks to use that as a some sort of tax advantage way to pull out that money to eventually use that as a down payment for a house. Now, I know Dave Ramsey doesn't like when we touch our 401 k for anything besides maybe absolute emergencies. So in your opinion, is that something you would advise to do or something we should steer clear of in all case?
2: I would run far, far away. Mm-hmm. And bless your in-laws, but I am not using their financial advisor for advice anymore.
1: Yeah, okay. That's what I thought, too.
2: And of course, I mean, the financial advisor is incentivized for you to invest with them. So there's already Mm -hmm. kind of like a, I wouldn't take my down payment advice from from this guy.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, Brendan, do you understand why George is saying run from this? Why (laughs) this is a bad idea? Uh, I mean, I understand
1: our 401ks can be some of the... Most lucrative way we can build wealth in the long term. How it's a good route to becoming, you know, as Dave Ramsey says, a millionaire. Understand the implications of if we don't repay that 401k loan in a certain time period. Yes. The horrible, horrible.
0: Tax that's what. That's have. the part. We we agree that it's a great way to invest for the future. We don't like using it as a loan. It has all kinds of negative implications, and it puts unnecessary pressure on you. Why mm-hmm. that route versus another route?
1: Uh, it's just what he recommended. You know, he said there was a good tax advantage way of doing that, No, but at least from my understanding, unplugging the growth of that
2: money while paying yourself back with interest into the loan while putting yourself at risk is just unwise. And so if that's how desperate you are to get into a house, we need to pause and go, what is causing all this? Why can't we wait another six months to a year to just save up from our future income? Do you guys have any debt? We have no debt. And you have a fully funded emergency fund. Fully funded. Great. So, what is the down payment goal, and how far are we from it?
1: We need about maybe two hundred to two hundred and fifty thousand okay. dollars. My wife and I are both young, uh, twenty-two and twenty-four. We make a combined two hundred thousand dollars, a little bit over every single year.
2: Okay. And do you have anything saved for the down payment yet? Uh maybe about 100000 hundred thousand. Great. So that let's just look at the facts here. You're one hundred fifty away. Mm-hmm. How quickly can you save up another hundred fifty grand with no debt, making two hundred plus?
1: Um, maybe another two years, maybe. I was another... gonna say
2: eighteen months max. Yeah, okay. You can live off a hundred and put a hundred away and do that for a year and a half and you'll get to your goal. And you're twenty two okay. and twenty four, that's impressive. You guys are doing so well Very to be well. where you are in a high cost of living area when everyone says you have to go into debt and you guys are doing this the right way you'll be a year and a half older with 250,000 down, putting you in a Mm -hmm. great financial position. And so I would just pause and go, all right, we're 18 months away. Let's not do stupid with zeros on the end by doing this 401k loan tax advantage scheme. This financial advisor told us about.
0: Okay. Makes sense. There you go, my friend. Thank you for the call. Let's uh, go to Jake now in Newark, New Jersey. Jake, how can we help?
3: Hey, thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. So, I guess a little bit about my story. So I've been with a girl for about a year and I'm planning on getting engaged, uh, in the near future. And we've had a conversation about combining finances when we're together. Uh, currently I'm 25. I make about three times what she makes and she has about 22,000 outstanding student loan debt. And I guess my question is, uh, I guess it's it's just uncomfortable because I'm not sure, like, should I be feeling guilty for not having a problem combining finances, saying, hey, you know, with, with the grocery bill and rent and stuff like that, but
0: having some hesitation when it comes to the remainder of the student loan debt. Should you feel guilty for not wanting to do this when you get married? In other words, should you feel guilty uh, because you don't want to pay off her student loans? as her new husband.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's correct. So let's say there's about 10,000 uh, outstanding by the time we get married. Uh, I mean, that's, I, again, I make three times what she makes. So what do you I make? Understand it. I make 92,000 and she makes 30.
0: Okay. I don't think though, I don't think the word is guilt. I don't think you should feel guilt. I think you, that you should get over it though, because you were going to come together and when people aren't on the same page on their finances, Jake, it is a very difficult proposition to have a healthy and sustained long marriage. It's just very difficult. And so you've already acknowledged that you guys are having the conversation about combining finances. That's the best thing for your relationship. That's The, the numbers bear that out. That's not my opinion. And I think at this point, I get why you have this distaste for it. But it's it, once you guys walk down the aisle, it is our money. And so that means it is our debt, and you didn't bring it. Uh, you make more than her. None of those things need to be factors. The reality is this is now our situation, and combined we can knock it out quickly and, and move forward in life. And you can't be walking around, and again, you're not saying this in a negative way, but you're, you're calling us and asking for advice, but you don't need to be thinking a lot about how, often, how, many, how many more times money you make than her. It, that just needs to start to get yeah, out this of this is mind. more on
2: you than it is on her. Yeah. And so I, I don't want you stepping in, because truthfully right now, the way you said all this, I'm like, this guy's not ready for marriage. That's
0: what I'm a little what, nervous about. Because what happens about.
2: when she's like, hey, I want to add some clothing line item to the budget. And you're like, whoa, not with my money. I make three times as much. And so I don't want that. That's going to cause a lot of resentment and friction in the marriage. And so you got to go into this going, hey, I know this isn't ideal, but man, we make great money now, combined income of 130 grand we're going to knock out this debt really fast. We're going to have an emergency fund. We're going to be able to get to our dreams. And the amount of the the amount of wealth you're able to build with dual income is amazing. And so look at this like an, an awesome blessing. There's this amazing person that you love dearly who's bringing all this extra income to the marriage and that we can use to build wealth. So that's how I look at yeah, it. Yeah,
3: I, I agree with a lot of what you guys are saying. I think also part of the not—it's not necessarily hesitation. I guess it's a little uh, uncomfortable. Is that whatever the remainder is for me, I wouldn't want to say, "Hey, let's continue your payment plan of you know whether it's six hundred a month or whatever it is, and keep accruing the interest." I would
2: want to get that out Dude, of the yeah, way. Yeah, just knock yeah. it out. Knock it out. Knock it out. As soon we as you're married,
0: have that money saved. Knock it out and move on with your new life. New life, new chapter. Very exciting stuff. You're good, man, Jake. If you're in, you need to be all in, my friend. Thanks for the call. This is The Ramsey Show.
4: With more frequency than you know, I get calls and emails from people dealing with the recent loss of a spouse or a parent. You can hear the struggle and the heartache they've been experiencing. And at a time they should be grieving, what breaks my heart the most is the strain and tension they're going through because of money especially when it's a situation that could have been avoided. If you have a family, it is your responsibility to have term life insurance. It is one of the things you do to show you care. And yes, this is an ad for Xander Insurance. But since this is one of the most effective ways I have to get my point across, so be it. For over 25 years, I've been telling you about the importance of term life insurance and protecting your family. Listen, you need to check out Xander.com or call them at 800-356-4282. I can't say it enough. Protect your family. It's what you're supposed to do. Go to Xander.com or call 800-356-4282.
0: Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. George Campbell joins me this hour. The phone number is 888 825 5225 let's go to Sky who is on the line in New Orleans. George, you ever been to New Orleans?
2: Yes, I used to live in Mobile. So we'd go
0: there for little weekend trips. Beautiful I got area. distracted. I was about ready to take Sky, but he I wants needed a beignet guys. now. I do. I was you know what I was thinking a little jambalaya and uh a beignet for dessert. That's what I was thinking. That'll and I hit. got distracted. Back to Sky though. Thanks for the patience, Sky. How can we help?
5: Hi, thanks
0: so much for taking my call. You bet. What's up?
5: Um I'm having a budgeting issue. I have an irregular income and I make an average about three thousand a month, but sometimes like some weeks I'll make five hundred, some weeks I'll make a thousand and it's throwing my budget off like each month. I'm trying to like I, I'm I'm just confused.
2: Hmm. What kind of work do you do?
5: Um it's actually a job that I'm trying to leave. It's just a gig job.
2: Okay, what kind of gig is it?
5: It's it's food delivery.
2: Okay, and you're saying, hey, some sometimes it's great, the business is great, I'm getting a lot of gigs, and some months it's tough cookies out there.
5: Yeah, Are you active- in the summer.
0: Are you actively looking for something specific?
5: Yes, I'm actually looking for a graphic design job.
0: Okay,
2: good. Do you have the experience and education or skill set currently?
5: Yes, yes, I have a marketing degree.
0: Okay. Great. Now, cool. just because I I'm, I'm, I'm interrupting here because I want George to kind of give you advice on both of these, what what range of income do you think that you will be in when you land one of those jobs?
5: I'm hoping that probably like anywhere from like well, I guess around fifty or sixty k. Okay, either. great.
0: Okay, and what pace are you on right now? If you stay, and I know you're not going to stay in this food delivery job, but what are you? What would you average that out to right now in that range?
5: Wait, oh, yeah, I didn't understand the question. I know,
0: I didn't ask it very well. If you look at what you're <laughs> doing from a gig standpoint right now, what are you making per month on oh, average? It's like uh, around 3000
5: but sometimes it'll dip a little bit below that. All right, so, so that's a good bit below
0: a fifty or $60,000 job. That's, I just wanted to ask yeah. that for George because you're going to need to transition. It's like you're going to figure this out, but at the same time we're hoping we're out of this gig pretty soon, yes? Yeah. Yes, okay. yes. Do you have any debt?
5: Um, just, some like I have a, a cell phone that I financed and some, some old debts that I'm trying to clean up.
2: Okay. I'm wondering if we find something more consistent right now. Uh, I'll show you, I'll walk you through how to do the irregular income budget. It's pretty simple, but I'm wondering if finding like a retail job may be more helpful right now.
5: Um, I'm just, I'm not like, uh, I think another caller said that I'm, I'm like, like my resume, <laughs> I don't know how to like apply that to a retail job
2: it doesn't have to apply yeah retailers want people who show up on time who are courteous respectful good with customers that's all they care about
5: okay i did uh a while back i had submitted an application for whole foods but i never did hear back from them yeah
0: well again let me quick thing on this you don't want to just submit applications at this point you want, to be, mm-hmm. you want to be leveraging relationships that you have for some openings and you get a phone call made on your behalf, an email on your behalf, someone there looking for something right now. Because the food delivery, the grocery delivery thing right now, that's a pretty decently low bar that you can replace that income. And that's what George is saying right now okay. while we're waiting to – we're not waiting, you're actively trying to get the graphic design job. Uh, we need to get something that's like, boom, they need you in um, at this warehouse or this big box store or whatever, and you're making more and it's consistent in this season of transition. Delivery okay. is not a good transitionary job unless it's really a hot delivery job because you're, okay. you're already you're already making less than you need to make. And not only making less, it's you can't rely on it. It's it's up, it's yeah. down, and that's really difficult. And I just think what George is saying, and I'm putting words in his mouth because his throat's killing him, it's not necessary right now. Like You don't need something that's up and down in this season. We need something that's stable and consistent so that we can budget better and we're much more stable while we're looking for that better job
5: i i did like make a contact with a graphic design guy but he's not a hiring manager it was just on linkedin but i'm not sure what to reply back to
0: him what do you mean you're not sure what to reply back to him
5: i just uh um, i just complimented him on some of his work but i don't know how to go from that to say how to get like a job at your company
0: <laughs> yeah well i'll just reach out to him and say hey Do you know of any openings at your company or other companies? I'm looking to get connected to other professionals in this area. And if you know somebody that'd be willing to have coffee with me or whatever, I mean, that's the game. And and I've got got a great resource for you. I'm going to give you a copy of my best-selling book, The Proximity Principle, which is going to walk you through very practically how you begin to connect with people you know in that industry and outside the industry to find things. Uh, But as far as the irregular budget, I want to get George in on this because we do need to get you stable right now.
2: Yeah, and I'm going to gift you one year of every dollar premium, and here's why. There's a great feature in there called paycheck planning that lets you lay out your income for the month, and then it'll show you exactly when you would run out of money based on your income and based on your bills and their due dates. Okay, okay. So that will help. But when it comes to a regular income, you want to look at this like a prioritized spending plan, and your four walls come first. That's food, utilities, shelter, transportation. Once that gets paid out, you go to the next priority. That might be your insurance bills or fuel on okay. fuel the car. Then you want to go to the next thing and the next thing until the money runs out. So you may not have money for any of the little luxuries, which it doesn't sound like you're in that spot anyways, living frivolously here. But that allows you mm-hmm. to go, if I only have a thousand bucks this month, here's what I'm covering. I know I have to cover my rent. I know I've got to cover the utilities. And if that's all you can cover that month and a little bit of food, that's Okay. And okay. so that will help you kind of understand because a lot of people have a regular income. You're not alone in this and those people need a budget more than anybody instead of them okay. saying, well, I can't do a budget. I have a regular income. No, you need a an extra plan for yeah. every single one of those dollars.
5: Yeah. I've been using spreadsheets and everything, but it's still, it's just, I don't know. It's just, I get, I, I'm having a hard time sticking to it. Yeah. yeah. Download yeah. the
2: every dollar app and we'll hook you up with the premium version that has a whole bunch of features that will walk you through this.
5: Okay. As long as well
2: as
0: that proximity principle book. I yes. was thinking the same thing. Yeah. And hang Cause how, that
2: designer knows a bunch of other designers. That's and the they key. know a bunch of other designers.
0: Yeah. Sky, that's the key. You want to hang out. Here's the proximity principle in a nutshell. In order to do what Sky wants to do, she's got to be around people that are doing it in places where it is happening. So the people are like the one gentleman you reached out to, but we want to stay off LinkedIn as much as possible. Here's what I teach about LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a great resource. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is great for information that you can then use for a real-life connection. Do you know what I mean? So you reach out to mm-hmm. you know what company he works for, you find out, do I know somebody that works over there, and then I reach out that way. Because a lot of times this stuff on LinkedIn can get lost, and there's a okay. lot of reaching out. And again, I think it's a great resource, but I want it for information so that I can make a deeper real-life connection, not just in the app itself. And I think that's okay. that's something to make sure of. But I want to get around other people that are graphic designers. You know, Mm -hmm. do you have any social clubs that you're a part of or a church or things like that? And you begin to go, hey, do you know anybody? And you begin to find people that are in it. You go, hey, I've got a marketing degree. I'm looking to get back in the game and uh, I'm looking for some opportunities. And the more I do that, eventually opportunities show up on my doorstep, not you trying to kick the door down. And this is a game okay. of averages, right? The more I talk to people in the industry, the more of the they introduce me to more of the right people. They put me in the right places, get me interviews, things of that nature, online communities, things of that nature in your area. I'm getting around okay. those people and in those places. And then over time, opportunities are going to show up. They're going to go, Sky, hey, I got an opportunity for you. And it's all because you stayed present. You stayed connected. That's the key. Not sending out resumes to companies that don't know you, because then you just get lost. You're just a nameless, faceless person. And I know you're much more than that.
5: Yeah, that's what I've been doing. And I'm, I'm really frustrated. Well, and it's you like, should be. I,
0: it's you might like, as well be spitting in the wind. You might as well be playing yeah. a lottery, you know, and hoping for that as your retirement strategy. That gets disappointing every Tuesday night when you don't get your numbers called. Mm. Frustration. So hang on the line. We're going to get you the book and uh, read it, do exactly what it tells you to do. And I promise you, opportunity is going to knock on your door very soon, Sky. All right. we got to get out of here for a couple quick commercials. Don't move. He's George Camel. I'm Ken Coleman. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. I'm joined by George Camel. The phone number to jump in is 888-825-5225, 888-825-5225. Always good to be in studio with George. And uh, uh, We were talking during the break. Uh, I posted a little something on the Gram. And As, I reposted it. It you, was that good. Oh, you reposted? You, you, did you? You shared it? I Thank added it George. to
2: my story because yeah. I was like, America needs to hear this.
0: Well, and so so George wanted to talk about it. So George, take it away.
2: Well, you know, we've often pondered what the Ramsey Show is really about. Yeah. Because we've always known it was more than money. Money was often a root symptom. Yep. But if you really think about what is the ethos of this place? Mm. What has Dave been building for 30 years? What is at the root of the calls And you had this post that you found somewhere else on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Just saw this little note and I thought, man, this is so good. And so I posted it.
2: So we can throw it on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. You can check it out at Ken Coleman. There it is. Yeah. Go follow at Ken Coleman. Always some great content coming from my my friend Ken. But here's, I'll walk you through it. At the top, it says, out of my control. And it starts to list things. The past, the future, the result, what other people think of me, other people's opinion. And in the middle, there's another circle that says, in my control. And it says my words, Mm -hmm. my thoughts, my response, self-awareness, how I treat others. And it was just such a simple yet poignant reminder of the core of what we talk about on the show. Whether it's your career, your work, your money life, your relationships, your mental health, it's so easy to focus on those other things, the past, the future. Future is all about anxiety. Past is all about shame and guilt. The result, something we don't always have control over. What other people think of me, goodness gracious, we make a lot of stupid decisions based on that and other people's
0: opinion. And that comes into play as we see so many people get gazelle intense and they have friends and family members who make fun of them, who question them, say it's a bunch of poppycock and just, you know, whatever they want to say and just make fun of things. And so when we get too hung up in other people's opinions, um, what other people say and think then it gets our eyes off of the prize. And one of the things we've said for a long time on the show is control the controllables. And this was just a great little illustration. And I just saw it. And I just saw it. And I just said, that's good. And I need to be reminded of that. You need to be reminded oh, of that. Absolutely. We uh, are not
2: above this going oh, like, see, we've mastered these virtues.
0: Oh no. No, we need this
2: constant reminder. Yeah. And and what's beautiful is that there is a lot in our control. And yeah. it may not feel that way because of inflation and the cost of living and here's what, man, the politicians and the yeah. corporations and yeah. when you can just pan back and go, yeah. yes, and in spite of that, I'm going to win anyways and yeah. I'm going to have a great life anyways and no one is going to control my destiny That's right, but me. And so think about that. Here's what's in your control, America, your words, your thoughts, your actions, your response the self-awareness you have, and how you treat others. And I think that is a recipe for success if we can focus on that stuff instead of all this other stuff that's fun to whine about and complain about but doesn't actually move us forward. So thank you for that great reminder, Ken.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And uh, it's a great reminder of myself. I post the stuff that I need to hear, that I need to read. And uh, if we would get to a point of just only paying attention to what we can control, you'd have a lot less um, anger, a lot less anxiety, anxiety, a lot less poor financial decisions, poor relationship decisions, because we just go, you know what, I want to focus on what I can control. Good stuff there Run your own race. Hey, uh, let's go to George in Atlantic City, New Jersey. It's perfect. George. I love it, George. George. We're glad you're here. Talk to George and I. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? I appreciate the call. Well, answering me. Yeah, I was going to say, you called us, but we'll, we'll, we're here.
6: What's going yes, on? <laughs>
7: hey,
6: so I just have a question. Uh I'm currently renting right now. I've been renting for about four years. My rent just went up this month, so I'm paying about eighteen hundred dollars a month. Okay. I'm trying to figure out should I I do want to buy a house, but I don't like big homes and I like smaller homes, but they're even smaller homes are extremely expensive and I don't like I don't want to have to pay three hundred thousand dollars for a, a three bedroom. Okay. So I'm trying to figure out should I stay where I'm at? for a while try to save up a little bit more money and then see if the market turns around or my other option was i was thinking of buying a a camper and just living in that for however long and just save everything i got and then if i have enough cash to just i don't know put a big down payment down or if the market turns around just go ahead and buy one or all right well let's get all right so
0: let's get a quick run on your numbers so what was your rent and what did it just go up to
6: so it was fifteen hundred a month. Okay. Now it's eighteen hundred. All month. right.
0: So it's gone up. And and then what would a camper cost you that that you've got your eyes on? What are you thinking? What's your price range? Uh, I,
6: I, I'm gonna get one used. I don't need one brand new. So I was thinking maybe fourteen, fifteen
0: thousand. All right. So now we've got to come out of pocket. Do you have the fourteen and fifteen thousand?
6: I have ten thousand right now. Okay. Uh, the other four, I got. I I have like seven cars. I can just they all paid for. They're cash. <laughs> I could just sell one of my cars, and I can come over with the rest.
2: What are you doing to all these cars?
6: I love cars. I, I buy them cheap, and I just fix them up on my own. So,
0: uh, hold damn. on a second, George. I right. watch these car-flipping shows, so I'm a yeah. minor expert on this. I'm, I'm not okay. an expert at all. I can't even say that with straight face. I just watch a lot. Right? I'm chair expert. Yes. If you've got the right cars, and you're fixing these up, uh, and you do this cash- you could flip some of these and get that down payment on a house pretty quickly. Am I right or am I wrong? No, you're, you're right. You're right. So let's just talk about the cars you have, not the one you're driving every day. What are these cars okay. worth? Uh, I could probably,
6: like my one car, I could probably get like 8000 for it right now. And I got one more, I could probably get like 4000 for So,
0: All right, there's 12. Uh, what about the other five? You said you uh, had my seven. Pickup
6: truck, I, I do drive back and forth to work, but there are the two cars that I, I can sell right now and I can make some money off of that, that are finished. That, that can do, And all these are I paid for? right now. Yes, yes, they're paid for. Okay, all right.
0: there's 12, George, right there. Yeah, what other debt do you have?
6: Just that. That's all I have is my, my rent. That's it. That's all I have.
2: Okay, your rent. You have no, you have debt. no debt. And you have a somewhat of an emergency fund with this $10,000. Yes. Okay, what is your income?
6: Uh, I make fifteen hundred to fourteen hundred a week after taxes.
2: Guys, okay, so we're talking six grand. Yes,
6: seventy two thousand okay. a year after taxes.
2: So this fifteen hundred to eighteen hundred, it's not killing you. So I wouldn't go uproot no, your entire not. life over three hundred bucks a month. And
0: I wouldn't buy a camper, George Camel. Would you? It feels like he's just no, throwing cash. I know, away. I I don't.
2: I'm not anti camper, but I feel like most people that call the show and they're like, I'm going to sell everything, live in the camper. It's a financial hack. I'm like, number yeah. one, it's unsustainable. Number two, it's a depreciating mm. asset. Number three, I just think there's better ways to go about this, and that's to use your future income and have a better quality of life. I have not met people who call on the show like I lived in a camper for three years It was the best thing I ever did. They're usually like, now that's you're a single true. guy, right? Young guy?
6: No, I'm actually I'm, I'm married, but um, you know I've been I've been going through this plan with my wife, but she said as long as you got it mapped out perfectly, I'll go with. So whatever she's just you want going
0: along do. for the ride. She's a good woman. Um, she's a yeah, good my- woman. And I don't think I she it wants to live in a in, oh Is she sorry. working as well?
6: No, she she stays at home. I I take
0: care of most most of the things.
2: Okay, so you got some kids. Yes, two. So now we're going to pack that whole family in a camper. This is no, becoming this a worse is this idea.
0: Terrible idea.
6: Yeah, I know. That's why I needed some advice. It sounded and you're good, saying a three bedroom to is too much. You got
2: two kids, man. Where are you going to put everybody? Uh,
6: yeah i don't know he was gonna
2: put him in the camper until he
0: called us that's what he was gonna do george listen to me you're a good man uh listen i know your wife's home with the kids maybe she could pick up a part-time job you can sell these Mm -hmm. cars be patient right now buying a camper is a bad move you're buying a a depreciating asset and it's not going to help it's going to end up draining your cash not helping you save cash and and so i just it's a bad move bad move yeah i'm gonna be patient let's get a down payment and if it's a
2: hundred thousand 000 three bedroom let's aim for that let's go for a 15 year fixed rate with a quarter of your take-home pay going towards that mortgage that might be a few years buy yourself some patience but the 300 bucks truthfully is not enough for me to go dude sell everything sell every car go live in a camper with a four-person family that's aggressive yeah yeah not a good
0: idea you know but love the spirit he's not scared of work no, that's not. That always gives me hope that no, there's like a solution here. It. And I love that he's. I love that he's got some cash cars. Maybe save up a little bit of money there, fix those cars up. Even if he's moving those cars, two thousand here, three thousand there. Let's get rid of those. You know, I know he likes them, but right they're now they're just sitting around. He's they're sitting. Probably there. paying insurance on these things. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting stuff. Thanks for the call, George. Appreciate it. They'll move. More calls coming right up. This is the Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Ken Coleman. I'm joined by George Campbell. 888-825-5225 is the phone number to jump in. Our scripture of the day comes from 1 Corinthians 1031. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all things for the glory of God. Our quote today, uh, sad but uh, appropriate quote. Tony Bennett, the great American crooner, dead at 96, hard to believe, um, top five artists for me. I know I'm an old soul. I know you'll make fun of that, but uh, Tony Bennett in my top five. Absolutely loved his stuff. You love all
2: the crooners, but Tony's up there.
0: Yeah, I mean, I love Frank Sinatra, but but I wasn't alive, you know, or, or, or old enough to uh, know his work uh, personally. But Tony Bennett, one of my all-time favorites, also Harry Connick Jr. But anyway, Tony Bennett, American legend, dead today, 96. This quote: "I think if you have a passion for what you do." then there are no limitations on how long or how much you can accomplish.
2: I love that. He accomplished a
0: whole lot in those 96 years. Yes, he did. All right, let's go to Liren. I hope I'm saying that right in Los Angeles. Correct me if I did not get that right. How can we help? Hi,
8: guys. How are you?
0: Good. Did I say your name right? My it's pronounced Lee Ron Lee Ron. All right. I, I'm hooked on phonics. Usually I'm not at this moment. So now I've got it. Lee Ron is how we say it. How can we help?
8: Thank you so much for taking my call. I just have, um, I have a question about my current financial situation. I want to know your opinion on the best next steps that I should take. So I'm a mortgage broker. I'm 29 years old. I've been doing mortgages for about seven years, 2021. I did really well because the rates were so low, they were in the 3%. I maybe netted about 150, and I was able to invest into a real estate development that's going to net me about 40000 at the end of August, uh, this August, so it's coming up August. And meanwhile, while I was doing so well, I did take a business loan to grow my business. Once the market turned and the interest rates went up, my business slowed down substantially, and I got into a large amount of debt. So probably around $200,000 in debt. And I only met it so far this year from the mortgage business, about 30,000. So I was either thinking, cause it's such irregular income to either file bankruptcy and close the business and try a new career that is more, more uh, stable or possibly take that 30,000 that I'm going to net in the end of August and and possibly you know try to to still do my business so that's uh, my situation
2: and what is this business
8: it's a mortgage brokerage
2: oh so you want to start your own so you're doing it for someone else right now. and when you went hey I could do this for myself and I'm gonna go 200 grand into debt to do it what was the loan for
8: no so I've been a mortgage broker I own my own business for about three and a half years okay I opened yep. it up And what was the loan loan was to grow. I was trying to just expand working capital, hire more telemarketers and better data to reach more uh, refinances.
2: Okay. And that has not panned out. You have anyone working for you?
8: I have, um, I have a contract processor, nobody really on the books. So it's just me. I'm a solopreneur, but that didn't really pan out for me.
2: Okay. Well, bankruptcy is never an, the right next step. It's a last-ditch effort when they are coming for you and the car's out of the driveway, they're taking your house. And, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey famously went through bankruptcy back in the 80s, and it was a last-ditch effort. There was nothing else he could do. The bank called the notes. He didn't have time to flip the properties fast enough to sell them off. And so I don't like this as like a, eh, clean slate, file bankruptcy. Bankruptcy destroys your life. I mean, this is going to be on your record. You go to try to get a job, they're going to pull your credit report and see that you just went through this bankruptcy. And so it's going to hurt your financial life in a big way for a long time. And so if there's anything we can do to avoid this, which generally there is, then I'm doing that. It's so not what this A-B
0: scenario. Leron, what is that? This, is this your last ditch? Is it the only thing you've got left or do you have other moves you can make?
8: So with the irregular income, I have little hope that I could turn my business around, especially when all my income goes to payments towards this debt. So why
2: not just go work for a mortgage broker?
8: Because most mortgage brokers are commission only. So it's the same scenario. I would make more money as my own solopreneur
2: than working for a company. I've got friends in the mortgage business and they're doing great. And so I don't buy this idea that you can't make more going to work for someone else for a while to get on your feet. So cuz they're going mean, to be feeding no, you leads, know. right? Is that your problem right now? No, I have leads. My
8: expenses is about 13,000 a month. Why? For leads because I have, my leads cost about 7,000. My rent for my office costs about 3,000. Dude, ditch the my office. Software.
0: Stop paying 7 grand a month for leads and go work somewhere else. Yeah, but if he does that, I understand that, George, but he still has the 230,000 in debt under his current business.
2: Agreed, but if he can go make Hundred thousand working for someone else, you can clean this debt up a whole lot faster. So shut the business down. It's too expensive. Yeah, I I mean your expenses are going to compound this debt issue because you're not making ten grand a month. You see what I'm saying? It's a simple math equation. You know, Mm -hmm. you're in the mortgage business. You understand? You don't want to keep digging this hole any deeper. Exactly. Waiting for something to change. So I understand it's not ideal, and you feel like your dreams are crushed because this business didn't work out. But the last thing you want to do is have the sunk cost fallacy, where you just keep digging this hole. So I don't think bankruptcy is the option. If you need to go to another career field right now, go do that. Go make somewhere you can make six figures, and you can clean up two hundred grand in a few years doing that. But I would not go to bankruptcy right now. Yeah, I don't think it's the It's not an of, A-B scenario. It
0: feels like a get-out-of-jail-free car, but it really isn't. Um, and it, it has longevity issues. Like, it's its own prison. Yeah, it really is. I'm sorry to hear that, Leron. Let's go to Brian in Las Vegas. Brian, how can we help?
7: Hi, Ken and George. Uh, Thank you so much for taking my call. I'll be quick. I'll try to be quick. I'm trying to decide whether to continue saving up to go to school for physical therapy uh, as a career change, but I'm already 50 years old. Um, I've been working 70, 80 hours a week over the last year and a half, and I'm just getting uh, really tired Mm -hmm. and maybe a little discouraged just trying to decide if I'm too old. I'm, I'm thinking this might take me another five to eight years and I just don't know if I can do it. Just looking for some, maybe some wisdom.
0: Yeah. Well, the question becomes at this stage, why physical therapy? There's a why behind that work, why you're interested. And if we can find something that's connected to that why, that doesn't require us to to go to physical therapy school because it's very expensive. And I love that you're working crazy to save up. But there's, there's other ways to help people with physical transformation or physical healing that don't require this kind of work. And so the question is, was physical therapy an idea that you had that was kind of cool, or is it a deep-seated why? Like, there's there's a why behind you, why you want to help people this way.
7: Um, yeah, I think I just, I, I do like helping people, and I like the the fact that you're moving around. Because I, I've been in a job where I sit all day for a long time, and... Right in the call center environment and, um, just looking for a change and they were allowed, that would accomplish both things. I can move around. I can help people. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got some great I news.
0: To- I got great news, Brian. Sure. I'm going to give you some resources. I'm going to give you the get clear career assessment that I want you to take. And it's going to allow you to really dial in on your unique makeup. Okay. What you're good at, what you love to do and results that motivate you. That'll help. Because it sounds to me like you want to be in the people space. You want to work with people, and you're good at working with people. Is that true? Yes. Okay, great. So helping them physically, helping them financially, helping them nutritionally, helping them in a variety of ways, professionally, I want you to take a little bit of a breath, and can you slow down that crazy work schedule where you're working all those hours to try to save up money?
7: Yeah, I'm I'm kind of resting right now. Good. I just I got Good. so tired I get it
0: so stay in a place of rest and I want you to take the get clear assessment I'm gonna give you my book from paycheck to purpose as well they are a combo think of the assessment as a compass and the book is a guide up the mountain but I want you to take some time and really dive in who are the people I want to help what problem do they have and what are the solutions to that problem that I can get qualified for way less time and money and then I'm gonna dive into that and I think you're gonna be really happy thank you Brian for the call George Camel, thanks for pressing through the. Thanks for bearing issues. with me, America. Did, he's struggling. One last. One. We're gonna get him a lozenge. Thanks, Austin and crew, for keeping us on the air, and you, America, for listening. This is the Ramsey Show.